0: good evening everyone we are so glad to have you here hello hello if you are able please stand to your feet say hi to a neighbor and we're going to get ready to worship our king hallelujah we are glad to have you here i only believe in urbana the word says this bless the lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, and those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you, his host, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul.
1: Stop. i my soul
0: some of your family of faith we are so glad to have you here with us this evening
2: Well, hi everybody. Good to have you tonight. And uh, we're going to jump right into our tithe and offering. So if you have something to give, you can go ahead and prep that. And um, uh, if you need an offering envelope, by the way, they're in the chairs in front of you. If you don't see one, wave your hand around and one of our ushers will help you out. And uh, your giving is appreciated. And you're faithful, amen, and we appreciate your faithfulness. So let me, let me just pray over it, and we'll, we'll uh, have you bring it down. If you have something, Lord, we thank you uh, for time and worship tonight. As we continue our worship and our giving. Uh, we, we take a walk of faith in, in that you are our provider, and I pray that we never, ever, ever forget that you're the provider for all things in our lives, and we live in that, and we, and we live in that as we give tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. Bring it on down if you got it tonight. While you're doing that, a couple of announcements. Um, uh, I forgot this announcement Sunday, my fault, but the Sunshine uh, Nursing Home Outreach is happening on June the 19th at 10 a.m., okay, it's window visits, They, Vinny uh, was telling me, unfortunately, they kind of clamped back down on, on some of the stuff, which, which is sad, and, and kind of limiting what... Uh, can happen with them. We don't want that to happen. They've been through a lot, and now it's getting clamped down again for some reason. So, they're back to window visits, but all the more that we need to go see them. Yes, yeah. Right? So, um, see Vinny about information. Where was it at? I didn't write that on my paper. Yeah, okay, across from, the, old. Okay, for, across from the, the storefront. So, that's, I, I didn't recognize the name with that. So, that's where they're going. So, that's the 19th at 10 a.m., uh, meeting there, correct? And uh, just see Vinny for more information. So if you want to help out with that, uh, we'd appreciate that. Um, also, next Wednesday after the church, there's a greeter meeting, right? Is that what you asked? Okay, next Wednesday after church, just for a few minutes, greeter meeting. So if you're on the greeter team, uh, Rick would like to meet with you. Uh, Don't forget, obviously, the Vacation Bible School is coming up 28th, 29th, and 30th this month. We did some flyering into town last night, um, but it's going to be a big time, a fun time. Uh, We did have a sign up for for help. We got a lot of it covered. Uh, We actually had two papers floating around. I didn't realize that, so I got to go marry the two and see where we're missing, and Sunday we'll we'll, uh, try to fill in the spots that we need some help. That's coming up soon. Uh, Jared, uh, Pastor Jared's excited about coming. We're excited for our kids. So, by the way, I want you to be in prayer about it. Right? Cause I, obviously, I hope you know that we don't have kids' church to babysit and get them out of your hair for a little time every week. Right. Now, we like to get them out of your hair a little bit, but it, more importantly, that we're instilling the gospel of Jesus and, and helping, by the way, partnering with you. To raise them up in the admonition of the Lord, right? So that's what Kids Church is all about. But this is just part of it, something that we want to do every summer, but hopefully, as we uh, gain ground here, in other words, in the community, we'll see the community come out and be a part of things like this. So, anyways, be a part of the Vacation Bible School, that's coming up. And the last announcement before we get into the word is this is a brand new announcement, uh, and this is coming fast, but we just got it scheduled today because of a whirlwind of people that we're, we want to be here we were trying to get calendars lined up, and we hit lightning in the bottle. So write this down, this is very important. July the 18th is a Sunday, so that's almost like a month from now. It's a Sunday, but six o'clock in the evening, we're gonna have our building dedication service. Okay, so the 18th, 6 p.m., we're gonna officially dedicate the building. Um, that, That means we're inviting all the campuses, what are we gonna do? I have no idea, but campuses are coming uh, and, and Pastor Dose will be here, the campus pastors will be here, we're, we're gonna send it out. So we want everybody to be here and celebrate, all right? But it'll be a night of celebration for uh, our, our building and we still call it the new building. We've been here for a little bit, but everybody else is the new building. So July the 18th, 6 p.m., dedication service. So put that on your calendar so we can see you here for that. That'll be fun. So having said that, let's get into the Word tonight. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and get that out. Um, in, in a series um, that I hope that I hope may help somebody, and, and we've been talking about dealing with struggle. Uh, the first night was just an overview of what it means to go through struggle. We, we live life in flesh and blood, right? We are not disembodied uh, uh, spirits from the experience of life. We experience life in a messed-up world. Though God is at work, the kingdom is not here in finality, therefore we still work through things. And there are times that we struggle. How many ever been through a struggle? OK, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not spitting in the wind here, all right? so. Everybody has gone through struggle in some way. different things, by the way, you, you can't just just broad paint the whole thing with, with one brush. I mean, different kinds of struggles different people have. So but we want to hit some different things about struggle. So last week, we talked about dealing with struggle kind of in a, in a specific, sin sort of way and, 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 and all that. Tonight, I want to talk to you about dealing with struggle in a sense of worry and stress. Now here's what I know, is that by the way you you would think America, let's talk about specifically about our nation, you would think because of our financial wealth and we're a wealthy nation. Let me know that. We're very advanced technologically, right? We're on the forefront of whatever you want to be on the forefront in our world. But if you look at and, and however they come up with this, their, their uh, uh, polling, whatever you want to call it, I'm not even sure we're in the top ten of, of nations in the world that we consider ourselves happy. Think about that. We don't even register up, up at the top. For all the things that we have, and we think uh, uh, that, that are more advanced and better than, than we would think of other places in the world, it still as a society doesn't make us happy, necessarily. As a matter of fact, it's it's an alarming trend upward that Americans are stressed and under worry. And certainly we know it's not just for America, but the entire world during COVID, that just multiplied just because of a lot of different things, financially and and, and socially and different things like this. But but I did see a statistic that roughly 18% of all Americans struggle with a diagnosable anxiety disorder. 18%. 18%. Now here's what I know. When I say a statistic like that, you can, you can talk about a lot of different things, but some people say, well, that's just because Americans, we overdiagnose, and therefore we overmedicate. And we say, Listen, let me tell you something. When you take a negative attitude like that, do I think that's the case? Maybe bottom line is when you have a negative attitude that way, then anybody that may actually be, you just have a negative attitude towards, towards, attitude towards that. And then everybody's just, just not really. You can, you can do that with, with helping the poor. You can, you can do it with a lot of different things. But the fact is that Americans struggle. It's true. And I know this. I'm not a psychiatrist. So I'm not going to be speaking out of my, my level here. I'm not, I'm not trained in, in, in that area, that field. But I have been a pastor for 20-some years. So I can speak uh, in that manner because of, of working with people. And I have seen this over and over again, that people are struggling with stress and worry, anxiety, uh, depression, and and. These things uh, have a tendency, they go together, they, they nuance differently. But the fact is, as a whole, Americans struggle. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I want you to see that, that this is something that we must talk about. Um, and, you, and when you connect to these things, there are certain things that I have noticed that happen. Uh, people that struggle have a tendency to isolate. Uh, uh, they pull back, they, they doubt, they have self-doubt, they, they critique themselves, they, they fall into hopelessness, uh, lack of meaning. They feel overwhelmed, that they can't sleep, they, they try to find different ways to cope. There's all sorts of different things that happen, but stress and worry will wear you down. And it will, it will put you in places that you don't want to be, and then there's struggle. And there's struggle sometimes to come out of it, but, but just to live a life where you come through it, okay? So I want to talk about stress and, and worry tonight. But we said this last week, I said this the first night of struggle, so let me say this again, because I want to consistently release burdens off people. A, to struggle with worry and stress, anxiety, whatever, it is not sin. So if you struggle with this, you are not in sin. You don't have to repent of struggling with worry. Okay, so let me remove a burden from you. And, and with that, what we've been saying is not because of a lack of faith. Let's, let's put a burden off you. Well, well I, 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 what happens is when people struggle, and I would just anything, we pray about it. I know you do. And we don't see answers in the way that we want to see them sometimes, then we self-doubt, and sometimes when it comes to people that grow up in the church and know about the church, then we start questioning our faith. Struggle with these things is not a lack of faith. But remember, faith is what brings us through. Because again, we said this last week, remember, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. So it's not a lack of faith. So, so let's stop... Now, I putting shame our, ourselves that way, but then projecting that kind of stuff on other people. So I, you've heard it a thousand times. Somebody talks about struggle, and they say, "Well, you just have had enough faith." I come to the place pastorally. I have to reserve myself from grabbing their net and strangling them for saying, "Well, you, if you just had enough faith, then life would be easy." You just want to take somebody like that, you know, strangle. That's not true, right? And all you got to do is look through the scriptures and see people we consider uh, great people of faith and see their struggles. So it's not not sin, it's not a lack of faith, but it's things that some people work through. Uh, And and let me just say this, before I get into the Word, I'm going to say this, and, and I know people may disagree with this stuff, but I'm just telling you, it's not wrong to go see a doctor about this. It's not wrong to get a doctor's help I don't think it's any wronger to go see a doctor talk about that than it is for me to wear these when I read. I'm getting help for something that my body lacks. You hear what I'm saying? Don't project your ideals on other people that are struggling with things you don't understand. Okay? Let's just say that. Our care for one another goes beyond the things that we don't understand. I have not... I have not struggled with depression other than a certain period of my life. When I I peered into it and started to fall into it, when I came out of it, I went, holy smokes. And that was in the time period that I was on chemotherapy. I didn't realize it, but I started to slip into depression. And the reason was because I'm a very active person. And chemo makes you very inactive. And not only does it make you inactive because you don't feel like doing stuff, Anytime you try to do stuff, people are screaming at you to stop doing it. Am I correct? You just fold the laundry. Oh, just sit down. And, and you're just like, seriously, I'm just folding the laundry. And it makes you completely inactive. And I found myself slipping into, now it wasn't deep, it wasn't super dark, but when I realized it, I went, wow. And then, then even though my experience wasn't that that deep, deep, I came out with a better appreciation for people that struggle with it. Okay. Don't project on other people. And I'm not just talking about this. Any struggle somebody has, don't project your thoughts and opinions about things that you don't understand. And in the body of Christ, where there's so much diversity and so many things that people are... We are to to bear one another's burdens, which does this, and not project our opinions, which does this. Because the love of Jesus, if we project, it, it does this to people. Doesn't Jesus pick you up what, isn't that what we are to do to one another? Okay, so, anyways. I just want to give you some things tonight. And, and these are not points as much as I want uh, uh, you to see this as a rhythm of life, a way of life, a way of being. So not, not points per se, but some things I want you to think about and, and maybe just start to incorporately uh, incorporate in your life. Because I want you to see this from a, a, a pastoral perspective. So, you can see this from a pastoral perspective, and if you, and if you feel like you need to go see a doctor, and bring, and it's, it's okay, right? You know, I've seen, I've, I've heard people, um, in, in my years in ministry, I've heard people from the pulpit say, I never go see a doctor, I'll never do that, I've never been in the hospital, and I still know those people, and the older they get, guess what? Ain't not one of them not, need some help. So, I'm going to stop railing on that. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Here's the first thing I want you to see Matthew chapter 6, and verse number 25. Here's something you need to start to believe in your heart. Therefore, I tell you, Matthew six twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, we, we worry about a lot of things that God is saying life is much more than those things. So, so we, have, we have to start with this. What is life really about? And often it's not about the stuff we end up worrying about the most. So we've got to put perspective there, right? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you so anxious about clothing, consider the lilies of the field how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you, of little faith? In other words, little faith is don't be distracted from who God is that takes you to a place of no faith. But even little faith that stays connected to who God is will put you where he wants you to be. And that is in the fact that God cares for you more than he does a bird that flies around in its freedom and its beauty. And God cares for you more. You guys, are, you guys go outside, right? How many, y'all go, how many of y'all ever get captured by the wonder and beauty of creation, anybody? It, if God made that and cares for it the way he cares for it, Know how much more he cares about you. So we gotta start looking at this and saying that God has a care for me that goes beyond anything else that he has made. Therefore, verse 31 do not be anxious saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, or those that don't believe in God, seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." So in other words, don't worry about what you don't know about tomorrow. You know how much we worry about stuff that hasn't happened? We spend a lot of time worrying about the other shoe dropping. Deal with the shoe that already fell. That's today. And you may know that tomorrow the shoe may not drop again but don't worry about what hasn't happened, let's deal with what's today, because today has enough trouble its stone. But in the day of trouble, we know that our God cares for us more than anything. So when, when dealing with stress and worry, you have to start with the fact that God is a good God, and we must believe that he will care for you. Now now I know if I ask you, do you believe God's good? You say, yeah. Believe He's a provider? Yep. Believe He'll take care of you? Yep. Are you his child? Yep. Do you believe it? Yep. But but I mean I mean, do you believe it? You see? That in the place of stress and worry and anxiousness, you can start to dig into that. You see what I'm saying? That you believe it enough that, that that belief in who God is can start to, to deal with the stress, anxiousness, and worry that you're, you're struggling with. Right? So, um, somebody, I have some people helping me tonight. So, somebody's got 1 Peter 5-7. Where's that? All right, Lori. 1 Peter 5-7, what's that say? Cast all your care... Why would you do that? Because he cares. But why would you do that? Because he loves you more than anything. But why would you do that? Because he's a good God and he wants you to. Why would you do that? Because he's going to take care of you. You never are fully free of what worries and stresses you until you really cast it upon him. Sometimes we're like, we kind of pray, but we kind of want to keep some of the burden. No, you, you, you got to throw that thing off. And let him start to take care of it. Cast your cares upon him. By the way, every verse we read tonight, you're going to be familiar with it. But these things have to be a part of the rhythm of your life. So, rhythm of your life is, every day, if you struggle with these, every day you have to start at some point and say, wait a second, no matter what, God loves me. God cares for me. And he... Is bigger than anything that can cause me stress and worry and anxiety. That's an everyday thought. It's an everyday fight. So, so just like the person that struggles with a specific thing, that's the battle of their life, right? If if you struggle with worry and stress and anxiety, then this is the battle of your life. But in both cases, in every case, we have a God who is bigger. If we take time to God's bigger. And God is with me, and God's for me. And, and God, he is working for my good. Amen. And cast, cast the cares. Not, it doesn't say you're not going to have cares. Because we live in an imperfect world that has life. But when you have cares, that you learn to cast it upon him. Okay? When you cast something, how many of y'all have ever skipped the rock across a, a street? You're casting that stone. You're pushing it away from yourself. When you cast something, you throw it. If you cast a net to catch fish, you cast it away from yourself. You've got to cast your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. So, and here's another one. You know, but I want this one read too. Somebody's got Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Who's got that? Kelly. Don't worry, but pray, cast, pray, give it. Then, then, then the peace that passes. All, what is peace? Peace is never the absence of trouble. Peace is the assurance that God has you in the middle of trouble. That's what peace is. Peace doesn't mean there's no trouble. Peace means that in the middle of your trouble, God, God's got you. The peace that passes, peace that God has me, it will transcend all your understanding. I don't understand because this is crazy, but yet in the middle of it, I feel peace. That transcends understanding. I don't get why it is, but I feel peaceful anyways. Why? Because you cast, you prayed, you gave it to God. And he's able to bring peace. Right? So so we got to learn... To really give God what stresses us and worries us and makes us anxious. You gotta give it. And let God trade with you. You He ta- He takes the issue and He gives you peace. He takes the worry and He, he gives you peace. He, he takes the problem and He gives you peace. But you, you gotta cat you gotta give it to Him. Fully give it to him. Do you trust God? So when you pray, do you trust he hears you? And he's going to respond? Then you have to trust him enough that he can give you peace back. Right? So we cast upon him, we we pray. Then we have to learn to be still before him. I'm going to read this one. Psalm chapter 46. I think this, this is very important right here. Psalm chapter 46. Let me read this, and we're going to read this, this whole chapter. It's not very long. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Do you believe that? Yeah. Yes. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. If there's anything that can stress you out, it is the whole world giving way. But even though the world may give way, though the mountains may move in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though its mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her, when morning dawns, and the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, but he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. So, so in other words, the writer of this psalmist is saying, look, the world can mean complete calamity, but there is a place where God resides. Then amidst the midst of calamity, calamity and craziness, there is this river that flows from it that makes glad. You need to go find that place in the midst of craziness, right? Because although the world sways back and forth, it's It is the word of the Lord where we stand, right? Let's keep reading. Verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war seas to the end of the earth, and he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Verse 10. Here we go. Watch this. How do you find this place? How do you consistently rest in it? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You've got to learn to be still before him. The more you get worked up, the more your mind goes. And the more your mind goes, the more things just... Ksh. Sometimes you got to get still before God and slow the whole thing down. Slow your mind down, slow your heart down, and sit with him. And while the world is doing all this stuff, you find where God is. Where do you find him? In the stillness. See, I will still be... I will... Work to be still before God because I believe in who He is the first thing we were talking about. And to believe that He is all everything that I need. And I will cast my care upon Him, and I'll pray and it Is in being still before Him, in His presence, that peace that passes all understanding can find its place. Because you can say you cast your care upon him, but if you're still being all frenzied about stuff, peace can never come. You've got to get still before God. I'm, I'm talking literally. I'm not talking metaphorically. I'm talking literally sit down, turn the music off, put your phone in the closet, turn the TV off, put your computer away, tie the kid. I shouldn't say that. You know, get the kid somewhere, sit down in the presence of God. I'm talking literally, you sit down in prayer and slow down. And while you can look out the window and the world's going, you're in the city where God is residing, where the river flows to make glad the city of God, right? And you're in his presence. And you, t- you listen, listen. We live in such a fast-paced world, we don't take time to stop with Jesus enough. And you've got to sit with him and learn his presence and be still. And there's often sometimes you pray prayed so much and so much happens, you don't even know what to say. That's okay. Just sit there and say, Jesus, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say, but I need you to be with me. I need peace. And you sit. And you take time and maybe there's some verses that st- and then you start meditating on some verses and you stand in his word and you slow things down so your heart and your mind can be reminded god is who he is and he will be who he is in my life right And he will bring me peace that passes all understanding. Amen. But you've got to be still before him. You can't microwave Jesus. He he isn't a bean burrito, all right? You've got to take time with him, right? And be with him. And, And along with that, you know, you've got to start watching what is rolling around in your mind. You know, the, the time—I'll be honest with you. The time that I, uh, if, if I ever feel stressed, this is when it happens to me. I'm up at night and I can't sleep, and everybody else is sleeping. I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking. That is the time that if I ever get stressful, that's when it hits me. Then I start thinking. Then I start thinking about all the stuff I need to do, and all the things that I haven't done, and all the issues I need to deal with. And I, and I, I and then you start feeling stressful. Then you can't sleep. I I can talk 10 melatonin, I'm still wide awake, you know, it's not working. But to be still, what do you let roll around in your mind? So does somebody have Philippians 4, 8, and 9? Did I give that one out? Oh, why don't you read that for me, Josh? think on such things. Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's... Think... So so when your mind starts to do this, and that brings stress, whoa! Battle the mind. I'm going to start thinking on lovely things. And good things. I'm going to start meditating on the Word. Right? See, so you have to not only... Start dealing with what's wrong in your mind. But you also got to deal with people that don't help. Now, I'm not a Facebook person. But you'd be amazed how many times I scroll through Facebook and go, snooze, snooze, snooze. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not on there much, but I snooze a lot of people. I just I'm just like, really? Snooze. I'm a pastor. Snooze, you know. That's just me because sometimes you just have to go, I'm not even doing this. You not only have to guard what's wrong in your mind, you have to guard what's coming in. And you got negativity, you got things that's just feeding your anxiety and worry. Stop. Hit hit the snooze. Snooze. You're you're allowed to snooze and protect yourself. How many know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about being mean. mean. I'm, not, I'm not talking about uh, treating people in a, in, in a wrong way that's not Christ-like, but you're allowed to guard your heart from things people are saying. Right? Got to take care of this stuff. It just turns into this big ball that rolls. One more thing. Psalm uh, chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. I think Chamberlain's got that one. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Sometimes we take for granted and overlook all the good in our life. Right? Yeah, you ever you ever talk to somebody who says, "I have no friends." And but I'm just like, oh, "Dude, I didn't know you hang out with like 10 people." What do you mean you don't got no friends. You know what I'm saying? They they, 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 they overlook because they get in a place that they don't see right. You see what I mean? You've got to see the good, and if you have to look hard, find it. Because although we live in a messed up world, God said we will see His good in the land of living. That's right now. There's good all around you. You count His wonderful deeds. You you can just again, you can just walk outside and go, Wow, this is pretty incredible. God is pretty amazing. And put put your bare feet in the grass. You found something good. You don't have to go far. A loved one, that's something good. Something that makes you laugh, that's something good, right? How many, how many, how many of you uh, have, have a hobby you enjoy doing? Why do you like to do that? God made you that way. He made you with a personality that enjoy doing things, so why don't you do that if it makes you happy? I'm not talking about things that are sinful. I'm talking about good, honest things that you enjoy doing. When somebody tells me, I was talking to a lady one time. She said, I was dealing with anxiety all the time. I said, what do you like to do? I love the garden. When was the last time you got out and got your hands dirty and planted some flowers and working? It's been a while. Get in your garden. It's good for you. It's a good thing, God. Because what happens when we get this way, we isolate, we step back, we get inactive. You've got to get into the goodness of God. That is, things you do, relationships, church, worship, all these different things. Find what is good, but sometimes you're in a place where you have to literally look for it. You've got to, find, you've got to search it out. But I promise, listen to me, I promise you, and I, 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 I've said this different times since I've been here, I promise you, if you look hard enough, you can find the good every single day, even if it's a terrible day. Now, I was reading something. I know I'm getting long. It's a Wednesday. I, I was reading something, and, and I don't remember the exact context, but a family, they were, they were at the beach, and they were finding shells, and, and, and the, the kids were kind of a, I don't know, memorable. A, a kid getting towards uh, being a teenager had some shells. Hey, look at the shells I found. And they said, oh, that's cool. Aren't they neat? Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy said, well, look at them. Well, I did. No, look at them. Well, I did. Look. And, and the close the more, she, oh my goodness, wow. That's amazing. Oh my, look, look at that. Look, look at that color right there. Wow, look at, there is so much there if you will take time and look. Not just say, look what I found, but look. So much there if you'll slow down and take time to see the good. So you start with, I believe, in every day, I believe God is who He says he is. And when I face whatever causes anxiety, worry, stress, I cast it upon him. I literally pray, I cast it upon him. For the hundredth time, it's okay. This Sunday, we're going to talk about the parable of the persistent widow with the unjust judge. We're going to talk about this again. I don't care how many times, you cast it upon him. Then you get still before him and get in his presence and slow down and let that peace come. And then when the enemy or whatever, circumstance or person, they try to, and it starts to, no, 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 I'm going to think on good things, holy things, pure things, right things. I'm going to meditate scripture. And in the midst of all this, I'm going to do things that I enjoy. For me, it, it'd be go for a hike, It's, it's go sit in my tree stand, it's, 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 it's doing something with my wife, yeah, I've invited you out, you don't like to go, but anyways, I, I do say, or, or something with my kids, things that I enjoy. God made me that way to do this stuff, right? And if I have to, if it's just, if it's just going bad, I will purposely find something good and see it. So I, I told you before, i just say it again. So during chemotherapy, it was the sunset. I made sure every day I looked for the sunset if it wasn't cloudy and raining. I would make sure I saw the sunset because that just reminded me, even though this really stinks, God is faithful and he is good. And if he can make this happen, I'm going to be okay. Amen? So cast it upon him. Don't settle in and say, well, this is just the way it is. Stay in the struggle in such a way that you learn how to come through the struggle with him. Because he will keep walking you through. If you let him. Amen? Do you believe that? Okay. All right. If you have more questions about that. So I got an illustration before I close, real quick. I don't know what time it is. So Justice, throw up uh, the fog photo. Let's find that. It's hard to see on our screen, but this is just pictured out in the woods, foggy. When you get trapped in anxiety, worry, stress, this is your outlook right here. It's like the state of your mind. You kind of get lost in, in the fog and, and you don't know where to go and it doesn't seem like there's a path to go. And, and but I believe, let me read a verse Matthew 11:28. 28. I'll just say, tell it to you. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give rest for your soul. Because I believe Jesus can take the state of your mind from here just to throw the other one up. I saw this the other day, I was thinking sheep, you know, we're sheep, anyways. And I thought, wow. I think those sheep are provided for. I don't know much about sheep, but I think they're probably happy sheep. You know what I'm saying? They're, 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 these sheep are not lost in the fog of, of the, the, the wilderness there where it seems like there's no way, there's no direction. You can't see far in front of you. Everything's just kind of, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And if you lie down in green pastures, he takes me beside quiet waters. Why? He restores my soul. This is, if you, if you let him, Jesus will take you here. He can take you out of that fog right here. I believe that. Amen? Amen. So this is why I I love this picture. I'm thinking about getting framed and printed and put somewhere. Anyway, so. Yeah. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to be pastoral and, and encourage you tonight. You can do this. I believe in you because I believe in Jesus. If I didn't believe in Jesus, I wouldn't have much hope at all. I believe in you. I believe if you keep at it. Some of these principles, every day, rhythm of life, do these things. God will help bring you through. Doesn't mean your problems go away, but He'll help bring you through. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Oh, Jesus, that, that, they, these are not easy. This is not trivial. This is not just get over it kind of stuff. This is stuff you need to help us with. And I believe even what I was saying tonight is just inadequate in some ways. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you fill in the gaps for me. Holy Spirit, teach us and guide us and lead us and help us. That we live a life in contentment and peace in you. That we're not dominated by stress and worry and anxiousness. We find peace in you a piece that passes all understanding, that the world is shaking and giving way, we know that we're right in the palm of your hands. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. So I always think about it, next Wednesday, we're going to talk about dealing with struggle, the struggle of finding purpose in life. That's what I'm going to talk about next week. So maybe a little commercial there. But anyways, if you... If what we talk about tonight, if you like prayer or talk about it, come down. We'll pray with you or find us later. don't have to do it tonight, Sunday. By the way, our door is always open. You come walk in anytime to talk, to ask for prayer. I know, I know it's, it, y'all are getting to know us over time here, I hope. I hope you're beginning to trust us. That takes time, I know. But our door is always open. And you can come talk. There, there's nothing that anybody would ever tell me that I go, oh, boy. Well, you just lost some steps of my view of you. It, it that doesn't happen. I've been pastoring way too long. And I'm also very aware of my own humanity. That does not happen. Okay? So anything, anytime. All right? Okay. We'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed as you go tonight. Love some people.